Brothers and sisters, May 15th is going to be a wonderful day. Why? <laughs> One of my favorite um, heroes, blessed Charles de Foucault, is going to be canonized as a saint. And I bring him up because he's a powerful witness to Eucharistic adoration. You know, if some people say that, oh gosh, that person spent too much time in adoration. That person is, <laughs> you know, like they're, they're a bit obsessive about adoration. You know, I get comments like this by people who, who don't understand the presence of the Lord. They don't understand that God is worthy of all our praise. He's worthy of all our time. And I suppose that's what hermits and, and contemplatives witness to the rest of the church. We can't all be like that, of course. But, but it's still that deep truth. We all, all of us have to, to make God completely the goal of all our lives, no matter what we do. We won't always have the, the, the calling of sitting in, in silence for hours and hours and hours every day, as, as some souls are called to, to prop up the church with prayer. But we're called to search for God and to, to bring God into every single detail of our life. God is so demanding of our time. Why? Because that's when we flourish. That's when we're happy. Our hearts grow dull and boring and mundane when we when we throw out the hierarchy. <laughs> what I mean by hierarchy, the order. When when God's not first, when we're not doing things for God, and when we're doing things just for the things of the enjoyment of the world for itself, we we become dull. We become mundane, um, and we can enter a false desert, which I call the desert of lukewarmness, not the other kind of dryness that will come when God is purifying our prayer. Um, but the point is, this saint, Charles de Foucault, is driven so much by his love for the Eucharistic Lord. He knows this is Jesus. There's no, 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 no other truth coming into his mind other than the fact that this is Christ. And what if this is Jesus amounts us, what else am I going to do than to find myself at his feet often? And so he often takes the model of St. Mary Magdalene and St. John at the foot of the cross and Mary as his examples to persevere at the foot of Christ, especially Mary Magdalene. She's the one we see in the Gospels. is always at the feet of Christ, hum, humbly adoring. You know, just Christ just accepts her loving, humble adoration, her affection, her just, just to be there, the willingness to look like a fool in front of others. And this is part of the mystery of adoration, to be a fool. Um, adorers, people who are called to adore a lot, will be misunderstood by family, misunderstood by friends, misunderstood by priests misunderstood by religious, misunderstood, misunderstood, misunderstood. And that's because there's a whole mystery of when you get identified with Christ of being misunderstood. And uh, especially around this idea of worship and adoration, we cannot pray and worship enough. St. Teresa of Avila warns <laughs> uh, her nuns of, of saying that if, if anybody comes to you and tells you you're praying too much, they're a false prophet. And uh, she's very strong on that. And we need to balance that with, with what she would also understand is that, you know, duties and states of life, like the nuns couldn't be in the chapel when they were supposed to be doing, preparing the meal for the sisters. There's a right place and right time for everything. Absolutely. Um, but, but in our free time, the time that we, that we can give to God, uh, we cannot pray enough. And prayer, really, the experience with prayer is really at first, you know, the things of this world grab so much of our attention that prayer could be very distracting, could be a distaste. But it's like a rocket. That rocket eventually breaks forth of the, the gravitational force and then it starts free-flowing in space, you know. And, and it's the same thing with us. We have to break beyond those initial um, temptations, pulling us off flesh, the world pulling us down from away from the heights of prayer. And, and break, once we resist that, then 
you know, the devil gives up on temptation then, and then grace has come to really help our weak body and our weak nature to, to really ascend to God in prayer. So perseverance is the key. And Charles de Foucault, blessed Charles de Foucault, is a wonderful example of perseverance in prayer before the Blessed Sacrament. There were times where he felt nothing, where he says in his writings that he was dry, but he stayed there making a deep act of faith. And it was his faith, relying on his faith, that allowed him to even derive some consolation while even being dry, while feeling no fervor. But it was his faith knowing this is Jesus. And then there were times of exaltation and ecstasy and, and, and you know, the light, the bright light. You know, I want to read something from one of his um, writings in his early days when he was a hermit in Nazareth attached to this Paul Clare Monastery of Nuns. Get a, get, get a sense of his soul. Get a sense of him alone with Christ in the night um, and uh, hearing the... You'll hear, well, I'm going to read. You'll hear. It says, My God, now the silent hour has returned. It's 8 p.m. The night wraps the earth and the sky is black with clouds, no sound to be heard but a distant singing. How sad is the sound of this song that comes, borne by the wind from some worldly haunt of men. What a false note it sounds. It is that cry from the heart of man that tries to be joyous, but in spite of itself, because it is not sanctified by you, my saviour is very plaintive. He's speaking about like uh, people probably in a pub, you know, down the road that, you know, seemingly reveling in, in joy. It is true that the expression of human pleasures, the more one tries to find joy in them, the more they seem filled with tears. Oh, how blessed are we, my saviour, to be so far from this sad, dull world whose echoes reach us faintly on the wind. How good to draw close to you in this little room with your mother. So this is Charles. He's wrapped in prayer in the sweetness of being alone with God, really mindful of the saints around him, just wrapped with the silence of heaven. And he's hearing in the distance, you know, song coming from maybe like a party, a pub, however you want to imagine it. And, you know, people are, they, they are seeming happy, but, but compared to the deep, joy of being with God. It's it's dull, you know, and this is the 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 whole metaphor for the life, you know, like we could be really just try to seek after the pleasures of this world, but they leave us empty in the end. You know, when one has tasted the the, the, the presence of God, when one has tasted God and tries to you know <laughs> put put all one's attention there, then 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 the other things then become dull. But the problem is you don't really know that, that the world is dull until you've tasted something better. And this is the trick with prayer, as I said earlier on. We have to try to persevere, to break through, to let God bring us to this secret mountain, this inner dwelling place with him, to taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is much more um, exhilarating, beautiful, fulfilling, satisfying than anything in this world. So he says, you know, he says that, Oh, how blessed are we, my Savior Jesus, to be so far from this sad, dull world whose echoes reach us faintly on the wind. How good to draw close to you in this little room between your mother Mary Magdalene and the apostles, contemplating you, listening to you, and as the night goes on, staying silent at your feet between these holy souls, losing myself with them in contemplation. My Lord and my God, where will you be in three weeks from today? At this hour, you will call your last supper. At this hour, you will be within a short space of your agony, of your rest. Oh my God, let me spend this night in such a way that it may console you. 
For in three weeks at this same hour, you will be in great sorrow and suffering. So he writes this at a time in Lent himself, where he's approaching, you know, the, the triduum, which we will enter in this week. So brothers and sisters, um, have a blessed day and hopefully look forward to seeing you tomorrow um, for for the talk with Father John Harris with the, for the Palm Sunday uh, talk on heart reach. Um, it's going to be powerful. I think it will be really set us up for the week. God bless you.